RPN, the Roddenberry Podcast Network. Space. Why'd they make so much of it? Asking the hard-hitting questions each week. It is Tuesday night, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern. It must be time for Mission Log Live. I'm Ken Ray. And I'm John Champion. Yes, here on Mission Log Live, we talk about Star Trek and science fiction. But where would all that be without some science fact thrown in for good measure? Joining us tonight, two filmmakers inspired by exactly that. Coming up in a few minutes, you will meet Matthew Simone and Paul Muzzin, creators of the upcoming documentary Chasing Atlantis. They were inspired by the final flight of the space shuttle Atlantis. That was in July of 2011. And uh, they decided to tell the story of that program and the stories of people who built it and were inspired by it. Now, of course, when you're talking about the space program and human exploration, it's just a hop, skip and a jump to Star Trek. So we'll be talking about that as well. Matt and Paul found a lot of Trek notables who wanted to share their stories. And of course, uh, we're hoping that you'll share your stories, too. Hey, uh, so if you want to meet Matt and Paul and who doesn't, or if you want to talk about the space program or or just how cool the space shuttle is or your very own space story, well, you can do exactly that. And you know what's coming. You click on the Zoom link or use the one tap from your smartphone or you call us just like the settlers did. 669-900-6833. That number again, 669-900-6833. Then enter the meeting code that you see on screen or in the show description. Hey, Ken, uh, you know, a few weeks ago, it was Halloween, and you definitely were not wearing a costume on Halloween. Definitely not. I, I was totally not wearing a costume on Halloween, right? That was just my yeah. Tuesday night thing, because I exactly. forgot we were doing a show. Yeah. And so I was dressed up like a, you know, 18th century dandy like you do. Yeah. And then tonight, we're talking about the space program, and you were definitely yeah. not wearing a costume. Definitely not wearing a costume. No. Yeah. I, uh, so, so what's funny is, uh, I don't know if you heard, John, because they've been really quiet about it, but Apple TV Plus came out what? just like a week or two ago. I know. They, they've been really under the radar. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, I've been watching For All Mankind for the past couple of days, and I thought, hey, we're talking about space. I have the perfect mission control outfit uh sadly i'm missing a pack of luckies i've been missing a pack of luckies for like nine years though but still um you know uh yeah i'm, I'm totally not dressed up like one of the guys you see now i thought about going gene Kranz because i do yeah. have the best nice nice but i thought okay. i'll get hot and that's overkill now look i mean yeah you add a cup of coffee the cigarette a little sweat you know oh, i get the whole Got yep. a cup of coffee, and honestly, oh, okay. oh perfect. perfect. In, in keeping with the for all mankind theme, yes, yeah, you know. exactly. Yeah. Hey, uh, I, I wanted to, as we do, and say hello to the fine folks in the chat. Uh, there's Julian, there's Shannon, there's Jeff. Ooh, there's the vice admiral checking in. Uh, oh, there's Earl. It's so weird. Earl's there, and he's here at the same time. How does he do it? I don't know. Uh, there's Sean. There's Jeff. There's Carlos. There's Peter. There's Chuck. Um, there's Narda saying good day as she does. There's David. David saying hello from an obscure hotel in Anaheim Hills. Don't know what David's up to tonight, but that sounds like a party. Uh, there's Lou. There's Joy. Uh, there's so many people. There's Casey and uh, just a, a lot of our friends checking in tonight. I hope that you will be calling in to say hello to our special guests. And oh, Joseph. Joseph says watching my first Mission Log Live. So special shout out to you, Joseph. And, uh, oh, wait, it looked like uh, Barry. Oh, Barry says Ken with glasses looks so smart. So, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm fooling everybody. 
No, thank you very not, much, Barry. I not, appreciate that. Not a lie right there. And uh, oh, and Chris says uh, Ken is like Clint Howard in Apollo 13. I'm invisible. So, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's one of the things I do. <laughs> I can tell you stories. Hey, uh, w- w- thanks everybody, by the way, for saying stuff about how smart I appear all of a sudden. Uh, and, and do feel free, please, to call in, uh, not only to talk to our guests, but also we were just talking about this right before the show. Um, you say space to me. And outside of the science fiction stuff, like I try to think about things that, you know, that really resonate with me or memories that I have. We would like to hear some of those from you guys as well. I mean, as we say, our guests tonight were inspired by the fact that they were going to go see a space shuttle launch. You know, maybe you saw something like that, or maybe there was a special space memory that you have. We'd love to hear it from you. So hit up the Zoom link at the one tap from your smartphone or call 669-900-6833, uh, whether you're listening now live as I'm saying these words, thank you very much for being here. If you're catching us later, audio only, that's fantastic too. The one thing that we do ask wherever you're finding us, please hit like and please hit share so that more people can find Mission Log Live. Yeah. And, um, you know, we do have a couple of events. I was going to jump to the poll, but then I was reminded we have a couple of events coming up, uh, a little bit TBD. Uh, so you've heard us talk about Sansar, Sansar.com, the virtual reality platform that Roddenberry is involved with. We have the Roddenberry Nexus. We have the Roddenberry Theater. Um, coming up on December 5th, Rod Roddenberry himself will be uh, will he be doing something. It might be a game. It might be just hanging out. Uh, it, it might be story time with Rod Roddenberry. We're not sure. But I can tell you this. Rod has the avatar of the winning avatar designer from our Halloween contest, our Trek or Treat contest. And uh, it's going to look pretty dashing. So I was going to ask about that because that's because he had said he'll wear it for 30 days and that yeah. is technically past the 30 days, but he will be sporting that once again. He will. He will be okay. sporting that. And my, will he look magnificent? And then uh, a little later in the month, uh, we will be having a date to be determined, uh, but a special Star Trek, the motion picture uh, event with a special guest, specifically talking about that movie and some of the artwork that we have from that movie. Uh, it's the 40th anniversary on December 7th. So uh, keep an eye on the mission log page. And we'll, of course, have the Roddenberry page, share it as well. And uh, to sign up, all you have to do is go to sansart.com on a PC running Windows 7 or higher and uh, that that is it. Then then you're in VR. You're chatting. If you have the uh, VR headset, great. You can experience it all in 3D. But if not, and you're just on your desktop, that's cool too. You still get to interact, chat with everybody. It is a blast. Now, John was going to jump to the poll earlier, but I'm going to beat him to it. We have a poll question coming up for tonight, uh, similar to the one that I was asking about your stories. But we'll get to that in a moment, because first, we want to hit last week's poll question. When did you discover Trek? Your two options were Classic Era, which was uh, TOS all the way through Enterprise, or New Era, which is basically 2009, JJ Trek, or later. Uh, just, a, just a ridiculous landslide. Uh, and 96% of the people watching this show say that they found it between uh, TOS and Enterprise. 4%, 4% say that they found it in the New Era, which is cool because... We talk about this a lot with Larry, John. I mean, what's great is that somebody who found it, you know, because a lot of people, especially people who are tied in hard to uh, the original series, maybe some with TNG as well. A lot of people look at JJ Trek and say, "Da, 
right? I mean, there's not into it at all. We've got people who are finding Mission Logs page on Facebook or finding this show who started in 2009 or later. And so there's enough resonance there for them that they're like, I want to, I want to find out more and hang out and talk to these nerds. Yeah, well, exactly. And, and that's what they do. They hang out and they talk to us nerds. Yeah. So, there you go. Uh, good on them for doing that. Um, now this week in honor of our guests and the topic that we'll be covering tonight, uh, have you ever been to a space launch, a, a launch of some sort to see a rocket go up? And, uh, yes, 14% of you, when I last checked, no, 86% of you. Now, I'm sure, I'm certain that more of you have seen one maybe online or seen one on TV. I recommend downloading the uh, NASA TV app or uh, just tuning into NASA.TV because I'll have a schedule for really any launch. It might be a satellite launch, something like that. And uh, uh, that's a great place to get a heads up and then watch it online. But if you ever get a chance to go to an actual real, you are there in-person launch. Well, that is a pretty special thing. And a full 14% of you have seen that. So you know, really, really quickly, if they grew up around the same time we did, they saw one at the top of the hour every hour because that was MTV. Yeah. Oh, so true. <laughs> Which yeah, is a horrible yeah, yeah, way yeah, to yeah, compare, yeah. like, you know, exposure yeah. to the space program and just like, yeah, no, it's like coming up next is Bon Jovi right after this old, you know, film of <laughs> one of the greatest things to ever happen in American history. Sure. Yeah. yeah, they just, you know, they co-opted that. Whatever, that's fine. Kept it in the public consciousness, lest we forget that that actually happened. There you go. Yeah. Hey, uh, we do want to say hello to our guests tonight who have been waiting patiently. We have Matthew Simone and Paul Muzzin from the documentary, the upcoming documentary film, Chasing Atlantis, which you can find out more about at ChasingAtlantis.com. Uh, gentlemen, welcome to both of you. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks. Hey, so uh, let me make sure I got this right. So, Matthew, you are the uh, the producer and host, really, of this film. Uh, we will see a lot of you on screen. And, Paul, you're mm. the director and uh, director of photography, correct? That's pretty much it, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Nice. And uh, I, whoever, I, I guess, Matthew, if you want to start with us here and just tell sure. us the inspiration of why why this movie give give us your your kind of background of your space enthusiasm when what yeah. led you here um i think like many of us i wanted to be an astronaut when i was younger um you know it kind of started with me my my grandfather was an amateur astronomer and he had a cottage uh on a lake called Shabanwan in northwestern ontario and i grew up like my earliest memories are with him standing out on that dock and looking at stars and the other uh, earliest memories I have are watching Star Trek. So between those two inspirations, I was like, let's do it. Let's go to space. Um, and it, it didn't work out. You know, it turns out only 500 people have ever been astronauts. It's, like, it's quite a competitive field. And um, turns out I struggled with math a lot kind of in school. And my eyesight wasn't super great. And uh, back then, like my, my astronaut inspiration was a Canadian astronaut named Chris Adfield. And he was also an Air Force pilot. And so a lot of us that were younger in that time, we thought we'd get uh, to the Canadian Space Agency by becoming pilots, Air Force pilots. Uh, it turns out you needed perfect eyesight back then in order to do that. So, um, so I had to find kind of an alternate route and, and uh, my, my life went more into like political science. And, um, but I always had this hankering to explore. I think that's kind of what my grandfather instilled in me. And, and that, that always kind of stuck around. And so I was always looking for travel opportunities through the work that I was doing. Um, but there was always something missing. And finally, in 2011, I had, had heard online that uh, the space shuttle was being retired. And I had lost track with the shuttle program for so long. 
that I didn't even know that it was coming to an end. And it was kind of this bittersweet moment because I'd never seen a launch in person before. And I, I wanted to go. I wanted to be part of this historic moment. And leading up to the, the travel plans of going down, I thought, well, how do we, how can we share that experience with as many people as possible? And then I thought, well, maybe the best way to do that was to be, would be to bring a camera. And so originally I was just going to grab a DSLR and, and go down. Uh, but then I started talking to Paul about the project and Paul actually has a background in film. And he said, no, no let's, let's, let's like do this properly. Let's get a proper camera and, and let's see what happens. And that, kind of was the impetus. It was just started in this road trip to try to recapture a childhood dream and see what happened along the way. Very cool. Hey, um, I, I don't want to get us too far off track. There's a lot to talk about here about the space program, about Star Trek, about what you're discovering through the process of making your documentary. But I, I do actually have to interrupt the show for just a moment, if you'll bear with me. Uh, we have somebody standing by here. Um, and, and let me preface this by saying, so next week on Mission Log Live, we're discussing uh, the upcoming short trek. Uh, so that'll be our standard format of, uh, of recapping and then asking you to chime in with your opinions. So really, this is the last sort of free-form interview show uh, that we have with Ken. And uh, because it's a special occasion, I wanted to welcome somebody on the air uh, to say hello to Ken and all of our guests. So uh, we have Lieutenant Jay with us uh, on the show tonight. Tracy Coco, right there, standing by. Tracy, how are you tonight? Oh, I'm great. How are you? Fantastic. Coco. Coco says hi. <laughs> <laughs> so, hi guys <laughs> how are you hey i'm good hey there you are how are you uh fine <laughs> i don't know who you're talking to now wow I do. see i wish i'd known you were going to be on because i did this whole dress up thing and i would i would have worn your shirt not your shirt oh. guys it's not like that <laughs> but you. Well, <laughs> yeah, no problem at all like yeah well yeah. golly going? what's going on uh, you know, stuff, things. <laughs> Not thinking about it too much. Are you, are you like surprised or something that I'm? Oh, totally. Yeah, I, I'm glad we could finally get you on. Hey, listen, guys, thanks for being here. We're gonna. Um, yeah, it's um, it, I, it's ridiculous that you're here. Oh boy, I, he's lost for words. He's turning red. I mean that in the nicest way possible. Yeah. So, well, thank you okay. for okay, thank good. you for. Stop people, again. people in the chat, by the way, going nuts. That, they uh, are? that, yeah, yeah, that, that we have Lieutenant Jay herself right here. They're, they're absolutely thrilled. Hi, and, you know, and, and I guess what it would, you know, hashtag bring back Jay. Bring is back that, Lieutenant Jay, hashtag bring, Picard. Yes. Oh my God. Can I tell you really quick? I was just at yeah. Destination Star Trek, right? In Birmingham. Yes. UK. Yeah. So I'm at my table and then I hear, you know, from everybody that, that Patrick is, is going to be whipped in and whipped out really quick. So I'm like, yeah. oh my God, oh my God. So I'm like, I have to, I have to like, like at least say hi to him. So the, uh, handler that was handling me, uh, you know, well, a handler handles the, the act. <laughs> it sounds kind of kinky. The handlers <laughs> help, help, help us at our table. Okay. So anyway, yes. she's like, there he is. He's right there, just like down the down the aisle from you. And I'm like, oh my god! So I I just turned around, got up, and I yelled, Patrick! And he turned around and he goes, Tracy, Coco! And he held out his arms, and I ran up to him, and he took my hands in his in his hands, hugged me, and then gave me a kiss on each cheek. And he goes, I love you. I wish I could talk, but I have to go. And I go, 
I love you too. Please, please. And he goes, I, I we will talk. And that's all he said. Uh, okay. See, there, there you go. Look, we all knew, we could all tell that Jay and Picard, there was a thing there. There was you something know, there. Yeah. 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 So you can't just, you know, after the 25 years after Nemesis, you can't just say like, oh, that that's gone. No, no, no. no. I mean, I could even be, I don't know, Section 31, maybe. I don't know. Oh, no, we, I don't know. We, we, we don't want know. much more. We want more and we want better for you than that. We want much <laughs> more and much better for you. OK, yeah. but yeah, I mean, yes. Wouldn't that be awesome if I turn around in a chair and he walks in and you go, hey, hi there. <laughs> yeah. Like if they gave Lieutenant Jay some lines. Yes. That's <laughs> that's what I want. Yeah. yeah. Or I don't even just get me there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Just get yeah. me on there. Yeah. Earl, by the way, says surely she's made captain by now. I so been, Captain I Jay. Probably be captain or admiral or something. Oh, yeah. No, again, sure. I'd rather see you end yep. up in Section 31 than be an admiral. <laughs> 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 I, is it Section 31 like kick ass? Aren't they like like? Yeah, well, and that that is you, yeah. But but the, you know, the morally dubious. I think that's oh. the thing. You know, we okay. we want our Jay to be, you know, cut from a better cloth than that. Yeah, I have a question. Okay, I know. Well, you can see me, right? Yes. Does that yes. Mean everybody can see me. That's on the show tonight. Everybody. Oh my god! <laughs> Hi, everybody. It took me so long to like figure this Zoom thing out, and I'm like, oh my god, I'm stupid. I can't do it. Finally, I did it. So, yay, I'm here. Yay. Yay. And you look look fabulous and sound fabulous. And um, what can we say except that we want more Jay? Oh, thank you. Yes, I would appreciate anything you guys can help me with. Anything. Get it out there. Our our, our tens of listeners are going to get the word out. Okay. (laughs) I wanted to to pop in and surprise him. Is he still there? Is he still there? No, I'm still here. I'm still here. Thank you. (laughs) Probably a tiny bit. Yeah. But thank you very much. Actually, it means it means a lot to me that you would. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you guys. I mean, you guys have been great. Thank you for your support and love and everybody else listening. And hey, hi there, guy. What's this guy's name? (laughs) (laughs) That that was Paul. And then that was Paul. Hi. Hi, guys. Okay, I'll let you guys chat, but I just wanted to say I love you all. Thank you for all your support and love. I totally appreciate it. And Ken, I love you to death. And you know, good luck. Thank with you. Whatever you want to do, yeah. And you thank you very, very much. Hey. Up, by the way. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, okay. Well, thanks. Tracy, cheers. All right. Thank you, guys. Love you. Live long Bye. and prosper. Bye. 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 How do I, okay, um, oh, wait. <laughs> okay, uh, 669-900-6833 is the phone number to call, 669-900-6833, or you can use the one top of your smartphone, or uh, or you can, uh, you know, do the thing with the thing. I don't even know, man. I'm lost now. Yeah. Um, by Go the way, ahead, th- thank you sorry, to yeah. uh, thank you to Matthew and Paul for for indulging me. Uh, they they knew that was coming. Uh, oh, so they knew that was coming. Really? Yeah, they, they knew that's that. fun. We okay. all kept it a secret. We were pretty good. That's at that. nicely done. Yeah, way way yeah. to go. It's uh, okay. Heard yeah. of production. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there you go. But anyway, all right. So now now back to the show. Back to back to why we have you guys here, uh, uh, Matthew. We got a, a taste of your interest in space. Uh, you. You said very convincingly that you did not become an astronaut, uh, so I believe you. Um, and then, uh, Paul, Paul, uh, similar background, sci-fi fan, space fan. Is that what led you to this? 
Sort of. Yeah. I, I mean, Matthew and I grew up in the same small hometown of Thunder Bay, Ontario. Uh, we knew each other in high school. We shared the same interests, but all throughout high school and even before that, I was writing stories and making uh, my own short films or long films, whatever, however you wanted to look at it for a high school student at the time and 99 hit film school uh, here in the Toronto area. Um, and when Matthew and I had reconnected when he moved down for, for university, uh, we started to explore interest again in, for myself anyway, in, in Star Trek with uh, the release of Star Trek Enterprise. That was amazing. We just watched that show. We weren't sure what to think of it. But many years later, we, we came to appreciate it for what it is. Um, but what happened was I, I fell out. I want to say I fell out of love with Star Trek, but I definitely didn't know um, how much it truly meant to me. Uh, life takes over. Um, and when living in a rural community, uh, there's a lot of other things that sort of take precedent in terms of uh, the what's in your life. Anyway, uh, when Matthew had mentioned to me about um, the space shuttle launch, the final one, STS-135, I was prepping to go on vacation. And uh, he said, look, I, I really want to go down. And I said, okay, uh, what does this look like? Uh, maybe we can make, make something out of this. And we thought it was just going to be a road trip documentary. We had no idea we'd be working on this eight years later. Um <laughs> And so for me, uh, and I remark about this a little bit in, in some of our behind the scenes footage, but uh, for me, it was being able to reconnect with Star Trek, reconnect with science fiction and my, my love of space, but through Matthew and his shared experience. Um, and so for myself, that's my personal connection to it um, and, and connection to specifically the space, my interest in space and Star Trek. It's always been there but I got to live it through someone else's eyes and their life experience as we're creating this thing. And I think that's actually for myself more special than just making it about my, me or, or whatnot. So. I mean, it, it sounds like for both of you, the science fiction and specifically Star Trek element is completely tied to the actual space program. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I'm assuming that this is probably a theme that you explore a lot in the documentary. And it's something that you found in the people that you talked to who actually worked for NASA and worked as astronauts. I know you have people in there like Chris Hadfield, um, and it, it seems like there are so many, it's almost a cliche at this point, the number of people who say, well, I went into sciences or medicine or teaching or the space program or whatever because of Star Trek, because I was inspired to do something in that world. I mean, I, I, I think we hear it a lot, so we almost tune it out. But I, I think you're here to tell us that that passion is a genuine motivating factor. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, even people like uh, uh, one of our interviews with uh, Michael Okuda, um, Michael even had the opportunity to design actual mission patches for, you know, like actual shuttle missions and, and, and space station missions. And so, yeah, there's definitely that overlap in between. And uh, I think even beyond that, beyond like the, the technical capacity, what, what I thought was interesting is a lot of people felt that now, especially moving forward, it's not... It's almost like space race era anymore, but with the International Space Station, this is actually like a collaborative international effort. And so when we talk to people about that, uh, and we said, you know, is it fair to say that we actually are venturing out into space in kind of this Roddenberry spirit, like in the spirit of togetherness? Like, you know, to, 
is there almost in a way a boundary that in order to cross it, to begin to explore the universe, we need to do it together. We need to overcome our differences to do it together. In a way, I think this, the International Space Station represents that. We have modules that are attached together by former superpower rivals that are now operating together in space. A lot of our astronauts are being sent out through Russia to go to space, you know? So, um, so I, I think that that maybe there people are seeing that in two different capacities, not just the technical, but also the you know in a societal way, that kind of you know early spark of the federation. How do you how do you guys feel personally um, about the fact that so much of it now seems to be going to private sector instead? And I mean, I'm 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 of two minds on it. On the one hand, you don't have to go in front of Congress every six months or a year or two years or five years and justify. On the other hand, you know, it's, it's rock star Richard Branson and rock star Elon Musk and rock star, rock star Jeff Bezos. Okay. It's Jeff Bezos anyway. <laughs> um, I mean, I mean, on the one hand, I do love the idea of the togetherness that's presented by the ISS at the same time. I mean, the, 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 the sexiness of it and the, and the show of it right now seems to be coming from the corporate sector. Um, to quote Chris, Chris Hadfield, uh, governments don't create spacecraft private sector corporations create spacecraft. And so we actually met a lot of people from all aspects of life along this documentary that have had similar feelings about it, whether they dislike that notion or whether they like the notion of private sector. I personally, I, I look forward to seeing what private sector does, but as long as it is always tempered with what the rest of the community and what the rest of you know, the global community thinks it should be should be done with that. I, I don't know. You know I, I feel Matt probably echoes a similar sentiment, but um, as long as we are doing it in some form of collaboration um, and that there are those checks and balances in place, uh, we won't we won't run it, hopefully run into anything major. I mean, all of those companies are getting government dollars uh, to be able to do the things that they're doing and in many ways do them more efficiently than what has done been done before. And using government patents, like some of that technology yep. that they're that they're building on was already created by uh, like government patents or like patents that were created through NASA as well. I'm, I'm what the one thing I wish we I still wish that we had more public funding for exploration. Um, and uh, you know, like back in the day when it was during the space race, and I think a lot of that was politically motivated. But NASA basically had a blank check back then. You know, there were four hundred thousand people that were employed to, to make the moon landing successful, and um, I'm hoping, you know, when, when people like Chris Hadfield ended up on Twitter stay singing David Bowie songs in space and then, you know, they get that much more public attention, I hope it puts exploration more in the public mindset and that we can talk about that more when, when election periods come up is actually taking that seriously because I think it really does benefit everyone um, when we do send people into space. It, it, it doesn't have to be an either or. I don't think that we're ignoring issues on our own planet when we're sending people into the stars. In many ways, we're finding solutions to issues on our own world by doing so. Um, I want to go to uh, a, a listener who has been standing by at uh, Party Central in an undisclosed hotel in Anaheim Hills. Uh, that'd be David. David, welcome to the show. Hello. <laughs> How's it going? Yeah. You like my background? <laughs> it's really nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell everybody to keep it down, though. We're having trouble hearing you. <laughs> it's actually loud. I'm right next to the 91. <laughs> oh, okay. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Tell them to keep it down. Well, anyway, um, Matthew, Paul, uh, look forward to seeing the documentary. I don't, I don't know where I can see it. Uh, you'll no doubt say 
But um, I'm, I'm interested to get your take. You kind of answered it before, but maybe a different slant on it. Where do you think the future of human exploration is going? Because all I really see working in the industry um, myself and uh, is um, a lot of uh, satellites, a lot of telescopes, a lot of things like that. All very cool stuff. But I'm interested in knowing about the human future. Sorry, David, you said you work in the industry? Um, sort of. Okay. Yeah, aerospace industry, not space, but... Awesome. Okay, cool. Uh, well, you you might have a better idea that than, than even we do then. Um, well, sure that's my take. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, well, I mean, like, uh, so NASA just uh, recently announced the Artemis mission, which is supposed to be a, a return to the moon. Uh, so that's one. And then, you know, of course, there's several people that are vying for Mars exploration, but it's that's always it's always like 20 to 30 years away. So um, I think we have to make a push for it. But it, it isn't to say I I mean, I think there's still value. There's definitely value in sending people into space. I think that's why, like when we went to the Atlantis liftoff, there was a million people showed up for it, like actually a million people. Um, you don't have a million people show up for a satellite launch. It's just not the same because you don't have the same human connection to it. But that isn't to say that we're not still opening up the universe with satellites. Like the next mission that's coming up with the James Webb Space Telescope, it's supposed to be like a huge upgrade to Hubble. And I mean, think about the ways that Hubble has connected with people by giving us a window into the universe. So um, I'm really hoping that these missions that they're announced to Mars and back to the moon actually happen. But it isn't to say that we're still not capable of inspiring people by some of the other projects that we have, even if they're not crewed by, by humans. All right. Cool. All right. Is that all I got tonight, David? All good? Sure. All right, man. We'll take care. Thanks for calling in. Thanks. All right. Have a good one. Six six nine nine hundred six eight three three is the phone number to call. Six six nine nine hundred six eight three three, or you can use the one tap from your smartphone. Is da- uh, we just lost David because I thought I, we, well we should have asked him the question that I was asking people earlier because I want to ask you guys as well. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah um, about what your about what your space memory is. I mean, here's the thing: you went now chasing Atlantis, so I'm assuming that is now your space memory. <laughs> What was it before that? I mean, because I've never, I've never been there you know, to a, to a launch, but I still have a, you know, a couple of things that like, you know, popped to mind immediately. Like, what was the space thing that made you say that's the thing I need to see? Not just the fact that it was going to end, but like, what resonated? Uh, what resonated with you before that? What was that? Like, I know you talked about being at the end of the dock with your grandfather. I mean, is that the moment? Was it the first time you spotted a satellite unaided? Was it something you saw on TV? What was the moment? That, that when you thought space, I mean, that was the thing that, that left to mind. Uh, yeah, well, there's there's one moment particularly with my grandfather. Um, and I think it, it's one of my earliest childhood memories. And he was, we were looking through, we would typically look through the telescope and we look at, you know, stripes on Jupiter and, and rings of Saturn and that kind of thing. But I remember one time in particular, he pointed out this little fuzzy patch in the sky and it was right above the tree line over the cottage. And, you know, he was trying to resolve it. And it's, what it was is it's the light of the Andromeda galaxy, which is actually the largest object that a human being can see with the naked eye. And it, you need clear skies and clear dark skies in order to see it. But then he, I remember him telling me, this is the light of billions of stars. Uh, and he would put emphasis on that too. He would always say, billions. And then he would say, with a B. And then he would say, hmm, to make sure that you understood, right? And I remember, I that is the first clearest moment I remember feeling a sense of wonder about the universe. And if there's one legacy that my grandfather left with me, it, it was that. It was just being you know, feeling a sense of wonder about the world around us. And in a way, I think that's a way we can live out being an astronaut, even if we don't have a chance to go to space. But I think that moment 
really kind of guided everything else that I've, I've done and why I gravitated to shows like Star Trek. And, and now I'm here doing this film. Oh, I don't think I have anything as poignant as that with like what Matthew has, but uh, my first inclination is think back to grade six. I was in a, a class, uh, grade six class. The teacher was Mr. Dudar. He was our grade six, like homeroom teacher. Um, actually the school was so small. We didn't have multiple teachers teaching us different subjects. He was the guy. And we did uh, a science, astronomy, physics unit. Uh, and in that time, at that point in time in Canadian history, we were about to send Dr. Roberta Bondar, who would have been the first Canadian female astronaut into space on a space shuttle. And so for like a month or two, we were really focused on learning about the physics and, and, and all of the things that go into sending someone into space. And so myself and a, a couple other friends of ours, we wrote the Canadian Space Agency. And just talk to them about, you know, that we would like to go to space one day. We really appreciated what they were doing. And at this, this we're talking pre-internet, right? This is in the 80s. And I remember receiving in the mail, and I think I still have some of this stuff somewhere in a closet somewhere, a manila envelope. And I opened that thing up. And it was like, it was like opening up the holy, the holy grail, like finding it, like any angel, this thing just reveals in front of me. And inside of it, it was all of these documents about the future International Space Station about uh, what it is to send someone into space. They sent mission patches, like stickers in there. And it was, I had that on a bulletin board for probably four or five years just tacked onto my wall. Um, and like tangible my connection, right? It, it, and so it was It was really interesting because uh, when we went back, it was kind of weird, but I had to ask. But when we went back to the Canadian Space Agency, we actually ran a number of interviews there. I had to ask, hey, you don't happen to keep these letters that students send because that would have been the coolest thing ever to find it in some basement somewhere of course they don't keep it but i had to ask because it was it's the first moment that i have that i can directly connect to my interest in space and uh and so for myself now actually it's not that moment's not important anymore as the moments that i'm creating now with my son he's two years old we Every night before we go to bed, you know, to help calm him down, we say, okay, let's look outside and look at the stars. And he just, he just quiets down and just looks out the window and he's stars. And he just looks and he tries to point them out. And it's, it's really heartwarming. And I'm looking forward to creating those future moments and memories and hopefully being a positive influence on him the way that Matthew's grandfather was on Matthew. So, uh, those are probably the, those are the two things that I can think about the most. Hey, I want to go to uh, a caller who's been standing by. We have, uh, oh, all the way from another undisclosed location, the Vice Admiral himself, Vice Admiral Erickson. Welcome to the show tonight. How are you, sir? I am well, gentlemen. How are you? Doing all right. Doing all right. What's on your mind tonight? Well, Matt, how are you doing? Because you and I have only talked a few times. And, of course, Jen says hi. Hello. Yeah, I, last time we hung out in person, I guess, was STLV, what, 2015? Is that, is that cool? Yeah, yeah, we've talked uh, a few times on the phone since then, I think, or at least on uh, on other chat mediums. But, uh, and virtual space, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So this is great. Um, didn't expect that you'd be here tonight, so I was, uh, I was happy to see that. And getting the exposure is great, too. So um, You've talked about, both of you have talked about, you know, some of the things that have inspired you to get here, but uh, are you hoping and what kind of things are you hoping that this project inspires in others? 
Yeah. Um, well, actually, I'm glad you asked that. So behind off Paul's, what your left shoulder, I guess, on the wall over there, is a, there's a there's a piece right of here. artwork. Uh, yeah, it was it was done by a friend of ours, um, and uh, um, and what and uh, what she does is she takes artwork and she she takes artwork from her son and then redraws it as in like basically recolors it. So originally that was just like a crayon drawing from uh, from her son. And okay. uh, and what happens is I, it was kind of interesting because she gave it to us. Uh, the the company's called Frosticular Designs. You can find it online. Um, but she gave it to us as a gift to give away for one of our fundraisers. Uh, so we we're going to, it was like Indiegogo campaign or whatever. But then over the course of time, we realized, well, wait a second, that artwork is really indicative of what we're trying to do because it's in a way we're looking back on what was a childhood dream and we're recoloring it with our adult lives. And, sure. and so that, that painting is in a way, it's kind of like a symbol of what we're trying to do. So I, I'm always hoping like, whether, whether or not people are interested in space, I don't think that matters so much, but if people see the documentary, I want them to think, well, what is that thing that I feel like I may have lost touch with at some point in my life, some mm-hmm. childhood passion? Sure. And how do I reconnect with it? Um, because I think we, I think that we sometimes confuse passion with dream. I think passion gives birth to a dream, but if the dream doesn't work out, it, it doesn't mean you have to throw the passion away. I did like for a while. I thought since my dream of astronaut didn't work out, I got to throw the passion of space away, but we found another way to reintegrate it into our adult lives. And I think that's, that's pretty cool. I hope it inspires other people to do the same. Yeah. I mean, uh, for myself, I, and I'm also talking so that people can see the, the painting right there. And I, I don't know, I'll, I'll drop you. I'll drop you. I actually have an image of it along with the original design that her son did. Um, and I'll, I'll drop it in the chat. Uh, in a, in a few minutes. But for myself, I, I just, because we're, we're crafting Matthew's story on screen and his connection of reconnecting into the space program and, and exploring the connections and really a sense of belonging within a community that appreciates the same things that he does. And, you know, growing up in a small community, uh, it, you can really feel alone at times. Um, and so for myself, it's just more of, a matter of we just want to even if we reach one person that's to say like you're not alone there's people who understand in some way what you might be living or going through and there's that shared experience and if we can touch someone through that story that that that's that's means everything to us even if it's just our moms right like just someone <laughs> yeah. someone who can appreciate that and and we can touch in some some small way um because if, if for myself if i was to put any hope of legacy or anything like that on it, I, I would, I would feel it almost be a little bit too self indulgent at the point at this moment. Cause like, who am I to do this? But, uh, but it's just, I think through those shared stories and, and sharing our vulnerabilities with people, I think that's really where we can actually encourage people around us to just find new ways of growing. And that's, that's kind of what we're hoping to do. Excellent. Yeah. Well, so uh, Vice Admiral, I'm going to throw it back on to you with uh, Ken's question that he's been posing tonight. Uh, what's your space memory? My space memory is I was four years old and we were living in the family house in in Cleveland, uh, in Brooklyn here in Cleveland. And uh, I remember sitting down in front of the very large console TV with the rest of the family and uh, watching us land Apollo 11 on the moon. 
So it is one of the handful of memories I have from that far back. But it, uh, and of course, we know that memory is a construct. So how accurate it is every time I think of it, I don't know. But I, I do know that uh, I was watching it when it happened. And that much I can't, you know, that can't be changed. And I do like, um, uh, I'm very happy and appreciative that I had that opportunity, no doubt. Yeah. But, you know, that, that's a really lucky thing to to have a memory that is that old, but you can still corroborate with videotape, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so the, the memory that you have may not be, it, it is a construct, it isn't uh, accurate, quote unquote, but you can actually go back and watch that broadcast and let that take you right back mm-hmm. to that moment, which is uh, a pretty special thing. So, Absolutely. Very cool. Thanks for calling in tonight, man. Of course, guys. Always. Yeah, thank you. Always. Right. And, Take care. Uh, talk to you later, Matt. Talk to both of you later, too. And uh, it's good to meet you as well. Thanks for the question. Have a good day. Take care, guys. 669-900-6833 is the phone number to call. 669-900-6833. Or you can use the one top from your smartphone. Or uh, if you're on Facebook, click the link there. Meeting code is scrolling right, atop, right across the top of the screen. And uh, you can be on with us in no time. Uh, you want proof? It's about to happen again right now. <laughs> Lou is on the phone. Good evening, Lou. Lou. Oh, wait. Tyke, I was kidding. There's no it's, proof. Lou, Lou is muted. Now Now Lou's with us. Hey, Lou. Is that is that me? That, well, oh, I don't know. It's is tough it? for us to say. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Ken, by the way, I loved you in office space. <laughs> I, I, I told you not to bring that up. It was uh, okay. Yes. Yes. Yeah, right. I, I, I was gonna. I was gonna offer you my stapler, but I, I'm, I'm not on video. I just realized. Nicely done. Nicely done. Well, uh, is is it true that that, that Matthew and, and Paul are are local celebrities? Uh, local to where? Because they they could be celebrities, uh, but I guess it depends on where on where, where. where are they right now. I don't know if they can hear me. Yeah, yeah, we can hear you. Um, yeah. I, I, I reside in Toronto. What part? And I, I... <laughs> he's going well, over your house. <laughs> I'm sorry. Let me rephrase that. Thank you. <laughs> I, I just realized how that that was that was a little stalkery. I'm just wondering if we if we might have run into each other at uh, at uh, sci-fi conventions in the Ontario area. Yeah, I mean, I don't see why not. Um, we, I, Matthew and I, Matthew used to live in the Toronto area before he headed to Vancouver, so you might have even bumped into both of us. Uh, but, you know, yeah, I've, I've been around at, uh, Fan Expo and, uh, at TCON, uh, Reverse Polarity. It used to be called Star, uh, TrekCon, I think, uh, TCON. So we might, we might have been in the same, in the same convention, if not the same, um, the same, uh, panels. Because mm-hmm. I ran the I ran uh, trivia contests and comedy and all that. Okay, yeah, possibly. I mean, I, I haven't done a lot of panels. Uh, the I'd say the most panels we've done is actually up in Thunder Bay when we go back. They they recently started a a wonderful uh, Comic Con up there, and so uh, being able to go back to our our roots and to be able I, to participate. I should point out to John and Ken and all non Canadians watching us. Uh, Thunder Bay is approximately, what would you say? Oh, actually, no, Thunder Bay is like, what, 10 hours north of Toronto, isn't it? Uh, try more like 18. Oh, 18 yeah. by car. I've done it in 15. That's pretty reckless, but it's, it's six <laughs> hours north. It's six hours north of Minneapolis. Okay. Yeah, that, I mean, that they might be able to identify with that. Yeah. Right. It's in the uh, middle of nowhere. It, it's, bec- I mean, John and Ken are the ones who got me back into being interested about, uh, space and Trek and all that. And it's just, uh, I, 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 I'm just being, I'm just fanboying it a little bit here. 
um, being probably older than both of you combined. Um, <laughs> just to, just to, just to have a Canadian celebrity uh, on on uh, on the podcast. And it also also I wanted to to say a tearful goodbye to Ken. Um, but but you know for forgive forgive the um, the. Uh, tear-stained uh, do- uh, uh, droplets on the document that I had. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thanks. We're, we'll probably do the goodbye thing next week. We can't do that right now, so, you know. Uh, well, maybe, we, not. maybe we won't. Maybe wait, I, we, I, got, I we got a short right? track uh, ne- next week. We got a short track. That's right. Yeah. That's that's the whole we're, thing. Yes. If, so. uh, Mike is doing a thing. Is is John going to ask me what what my space memory is, or did I miss that? I don't know. Is he? Hang on one second, Lou. Uh, John, John, are you going to ask Lou his space memory? Uh, hey Ken, with your permission, I think <laughs> the next step in the show, I'm going to ask Lou about his space memory. Unless I you want I, that I, job. I was really holding out for Ken, but but you know, if if I have to settle for John, hey, I, I'm Ken, gonna... Ken, uh, I've got something oh, to do. Lord could you very mercy. quickly ask Lou about his yes. space memory? Could, could one right. of the Canadians step in and ask that question? <laughs> no, no, no yeah, local Canadian it's an celebrity. Show. Apparently, it's an American show. <laughs> okay, there you go. This uh, is, so. <laughs> Lou, what is your what is your space memory and and five, five extra points if it's this conversation right now? <laughs> <laughs> well, right now, oh my god, this is more laughs than I get during stand up. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, let, let me get my voice down to, down a couple of notches to register. My my first ever space memory is. Um, uh, I, I, I was I was a wee child when uh, when you had the uh, the American space landing in 1969. Like everybody in our country knows where they were September 28, 1972, and both Paul and Matthew are going to be aware of that date. But on the I remember the the moon landing. We were up at the at the little cottage that we had for the summer, and I I was I was not sure what I was looking at. It was one of those five inch black and white TVs. Um, but I, I, I remember my parents saying that this was, this was an historical, uh, historical occasion because man had never walked on the moon before. I, I, I will say that I got reinterested when Canadian Chris Hadfield made his, uh, his space journey a couple of years ago. Um, it, I'm, I'm more of a, um, of a Trek fan than a space fan, but that was that was the that was my first one. Oh my god, they're fifty years apart. I'm old. I'm I'm old. I'm just so old. That's okay because there's no video, so you know. Yeah, not today. Not today. We could totally, no, we could totally be fooled today. I just yeah. took off my makeup, or maybe I should have left it on. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, I wanted to I wanted to 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 thank both uh, Matthew and Paul and uh, and and Ken. Yeah, well, I know. All right. Yeah. All right. That's enough of that. Lou, thank yeah. you for calling Take in. Take care, Lou. <laughs> Good night. Uh, Thanks for coming on. 669-900-6833 is the phone number to call. 669-900-6833. Or you can use the one tap from your smartphone. Or if you're on uh, Facebook, uh, click the link and then enter the meeting code and you're right there. Um, I want to say what mine is. And the reason I want to say what mine is is because I want to I want to use it to lead into another question. Um, Huntsville, Alabama Space and Rocket Center. I think I was probably nine, ten years old. Um, most of the trip I don't remember at all. The one thing I do remember is they had a podium there uh, behind which uh, Kennedy had stood. And if memory serves, it is the podium behind which he stood when he said, 
screw you guys, we're going to the moon, right? I think, I think it was a little bit nicer than that. I think it was a little bit more, you know. Some eloquence there. Yeah, I think it was probably a tiny bit. I think he had speechwriters and I don't. Um, but there was something about standing in that place where, and yep. obviously it wasn't the same place because he didn't make it at the Huntsville, Alabama Space and Rocket Center. There wasn't one yet. But standing, you know, in the footsteps behind the podium where this person said, we're going to do this thing. And then, you know, eight, nine years later, we do that thing. Um, that to me is incredibly powerful. And I think it was sort of like what you were saying a minute ago, or somebody was saying a moment ago, I apologize about, you know, just sort of that physical connection. It was, it was, I apologize. It was, it was Paul when he was talking about, you know, getting the letter back and having the patches that were sent from the space agency. Um, it kind of makes me wonder about the kinds of stories that we're telling now and the kind of stories we could tell. Like you guys and John were also talking about what a big deal Star Trek is to so many people in the space agency. Uh, I'm assuming that's TOSTNG because Discovery is only two years old now. And so I don't think there's been that kind of time. Sure. What sort of stories do you suppose it is that, that I don't want to say need to be, I don't want to say should be, but I'm going to anyway. What sort of stories should be told? Are they the more, you know, inspirational and who cares about telling the science part? Are they the more science real and who cares about the inspiration? What kinds of stories do you think get us to, you know, that next step, that next step all the way to T minus 10? Well, John, <laughs> I'm sorry. It was actually for our guests. I mean, do it, either of you like 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 which stories would resonate with you, or which are the ones you think that we go for, or do you take the documentary route the way that you guys have done and start telling the stories of people who have actually done it, so that people can say, "I don't need a soundstage. I don't need you know what I need is is a good math score or or, right. a mm -hmm. or what have you." I, well, I, go, go ahead, Paul. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, you no, 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 I have to go. <laughs> okay. Um, I, the ones, you know, there was Paul, Paul actually, I think catalyzed a lot of the, um, the conversation around the fact that when we were, when we were there watching the shuttle go off into space, you know, we, we wanted to film the shuttle, but we also wanted to turn around and we wanted to look at all the people because that was a story as well, that all of us were there, uh, together. And originally the film was, was more focused on the shuttle as a piece of technology. Chasing Atlantis was literally chasing the space shuttle. Um, and, and then Paul said, you know, maybe there's more story here that connects back in time. Like, you know, it's your own family and, and inspiration and that would resonate with people because that's what we started to ask them about. And I, at first I was reluctant to do that because I didn't think, well, like, who am I to, you know, to go down that route? But it was more like, no, no, we need someone who, whose story can kind of connect so that other people can resonate with it and they can kind of branch off of it. But the stories were, they're ones of connection and one of belonging. And I think space is really good that way because it's, it kind of facilitates this discussion as to whether or not we are alone. Right. And I think we all ask that as individuals, but when you put that, ask that question as a society, that's SETI, that's the search for extraterrestrial intelligence that's going out into space. And I think the one of the reasons that we find that we connect to a certain passion. And when we interviewed people and asked them about this, the passion was related to a mentor or, you know, a family member or, and, and so it was, it was that human connection. And I think that's why Star Trek is such a potent storytelling vehicle, because we're not just out exploring space, we're exploring space together. We're, we're building families and that out there, there's always room for everyone to belong and to be able to connect. 
And so I think if we're going to go forward and actually do more exploring, we need to be telling stories when we're connecting as a humanity to do that and, and understanding what it means to be human by venturing out into the cosmos. Matthew has a, a t-shirt. He likes to wear a lot of geek tees. I'm sporting one now for tonight. <laughs> nice. um, but he has one which is of the Earth. I don't know if Matt has a picture of it that he can send in later and post it, but it's a picture of the Earth looking through a telescope and that telescope sort of comes back and reorbits the Earth. So he's basically, the Earth is basically looking back in on itself. And I think mm-hmm. it's a very clear picture of the fact that when we go and explore outside of ourselves, and in this case, using a telescope to explore the stars, we discover something about ourselves. We discover who we are as individuals and who we are as a community. And I think that self-discovery can only make us better people and hopefully bring about what we would see as being potential federation values in the future. Um, Cause who wouldn't want federation? We could definitely use it right now. Um, uh, at least prime universe federation. So yeah, yeah. but um, so in that, in that context, you know, what, when we're doing these interviews and we're, we're asking people these things, we, it was never, at least it, it wasn't my intention anyway to see how can we encourage someone to go into space program or how can we get them involved and interested in technology. Granted, those are great things. And that would be amazing if we can encourage someone to do that. We need a lot more uh, young girls and boys uh, involved in STEM. We need more people involved in the STEM sciences, but we also need more people involved in the humanities and the arts, probably now more so than ever, because they're the people who will be able to keep other parts of our lives in check. And, and so it, for me, it, again, it's, it's always about coming back to what's the story that we're telling and how does it, how do we connect to someone else? And so um, being able to feel like you belong somewhere is extremely valuable and important. And I kind of reflecting and just jumping on that, Paul, it was kind of interesting because uh, going back to that, that image you were thinking of, yeah. of looking back on the earth, when you think about it, the most reproduced images during the Apollo mission are of the moon, they're back of our own planet, right? And, and there's that um, uh, Bill Anders, astronaut Bill Anders, he has that quote, I'm paraphrasing now, and, and he's the one who took the Earthrise photo uh, of, of Apollo 8 when we had first time and seen the planet from that far away. And he said, uh, we went to discover the moon, but the most important thing is that we discovered the earth. Uh, I'm paraphrasing that a, a little yeah. bit, but that's that's basically what he said. Uh, 669-900-6833 is the phone number to call. I don't know why I'm giving out the number because we've got about five minutes left. But if you've got one more question that you want to get in, you think you can do it quick, 669-900-6833 is the phone number to call. Or use the one top of your smartphone. Or if you're on Facebook, click the thing and do the thing and you'll be here. I want to remind you really quickly about all the other shows that are available on the Roddenberry Podcast Network. Uh, because, oh, golly, there are lots of them. Like uh, like Mission Log Live has this uh, sort of analog show called Mission Log. I don't know if you've heard of it, but you can check that one out. Uh, oh, gosh, it's Priority One, which is sort of like a, a, a Star Trek magazine show covering news, gaming news, literary reviews, all kinds of stuff. Uh, the Trek Files takes a deep dive into Gene Roddenberry's files, uh, pulling out letters, pulling out treatments, pulling out all kinds of stuff that people have forgotten even exists, and then talking about it in the Star Trek history sort of continuum. 
there's a Shabam, Shabam. which is uh, all about thank you, uh, all about killing zombies. It's not really what it's about, but uh, check out Shabam. And if you think, well, I'm like 10 episodes in now, here's the thing. All 10 episodes are there. I think it's 10 uh, telling the whole story. So lots of really cool stuff. And now they're on their connections, which are other little science uh Tasty science morsels, let's say. Uh, Women at Warp is a look at uh, Star Trek through a feminist lens or a look at feminism through a Star Trek lens. And then finally, Daily Star Trek News. It's uh, it, it's kind of tricky because the, the title's funny. It's uh, Star Trek News every freaking day. Mm-hmm. Daily Star Trek News. So the place to find all of them, uh, podcast.roddenberry.com. Or if you're fearing plural, podcasts.roddenberry.com. Really, either one of those works. So now, Ken, what you're saying is, if I wanted Star Trek news, yeah, yeah. and I wanted it daily, daily, yeah. Well, you know, okay. daily, like daily, like you know, other things are daily. It's Monday through Friday. It's sure. uh, Alice and Pet. You know, for crying out loud, give her a break. It's five like days all, a week like of Star Trek news. I, yeah, I like well, all of those days. It's fine. Well, I like a Saturday and a Sunday as well. But sometimes, you know, people need a break. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> hey. Um, um, I know you have something you want to bring up yeah. with the guys, but really quickly, I got to ask you because we've all answered. What's yeah. your what's your space memory? Um, so I'm really lucky that um, there are some very smart people in my family, not not the least of which uh, my aunt. And then uh, she was married to a gentleman who uh, they both worked for NASA. Uh, and this was in the mid sixties. And then, uh, she retired. And then I think, uh, he worked there until well into the eighties. So, um, I got to see the launch of Apollo Soyuz. That was about 1975, I want to say. And kind of like the vice admiral was saying earlier, you know, the, the memories are a mess. You, you reconstruct it every time you think about it. But I, I know that I remember what it was like to be there and the excitement around it and being very far away and very disappointed that I couldn't just walk up and touch the Saturn V rocket. Um, but I, I was lucky that every time I got to go visit them, I got to go to uh, Cape Kennedy. I, I got to go to the museum. I got to go to the Space Center. I saw the launch of STS-1, uh, the Columbia. Crippen oh. uh, uh, and Young were the, the two-man crew on that one. And I remember the, the weird thing about that is that even though we were, you know, a couple of miles away and we were waiting, 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 and it got delayed and delayed and delayed. And finally, we we're just like, oh, we can't just keep standing out here. So we went to a, a, a friend's condo who actually had a better view of the launch than we did down on the ground. So I remember watching it from their porch uh, and it just being amazed by that. Um, and night launches. I, I remember mm-hmm. laying in the back of a pickup truck watching night launches of satellites and it just lighting up the sky, looking like the sun came up. Uh, so I, I have great memories around the space program, particularly in Florida. Um, but yeah, it, it's a sort of, it, it's in our blood in, uh, in the family. And that's, uh, that's very special to me. But hey, I got to shift gears because it's me. And because we were talking about space memories, and then I was completing those with food memories earlier, um, because apparently the space shuttle was at the 1984 World's Fair in Louisiana. And I don't remember that. I just remember eating chicken mole there. That led to uh, Paul and Matthew talking about how Bill Nye baked cookies for them. I have to know this story, and I'll have a, a brand new vicarious food memory about the great Bill Nye, the science guy. What happened? 
Uh, yeah, so uh, Bill is one of our interviewees, um, and so we got connected um, and were able to interview Bill at the Planetary Society. But it was Paul and I were wrapping up the interview, and then he looks at us and he's like, "Hey, are you guys hungry?" And <laughs> we're like, "Yeah." He's like, "Cause I'm," he's like, "I'm making cookies," and we we're like, well, "What kind of cookies?" And he's like, "They're Mars cookies." And was, we were like, "Well, what's a Mars cookie?" And he's like, "They replicate the surface color and texture of Mars, but not the taste." What? And we're like, "Well, fantastic." <laughs> <laughs> and how were they? They were, I remember, I think they were peanut, were they peanut butter cookies, Paul? I honestly don't remember the cookies because they were peanut butter. My memory about that is that we shot that interview on July the 25th, which is my brother's birthday. So then he found out about that and then proceeded to sing happy birthday to my brother. Oh yeah. Nice. That's, that's what I remember of that, that post interview moment. Um, here's here's the question I have, not to be a crass commercial person, but how is Bill Nye not selling Mars cookies? Uh, See? I mean, this seems to me, it seems like a perfect outreach and, you know, all of that. Hey, guys, I, I hate to do this, but we're like right up against it. I, I, we said earlier that you can find out more about the movie at ChasingAtlantis.com. Tell me where we are in the process. Like, like how far are we from, yeah, I'm going to sit down and, uh, and get out the old VCR, which is going to be tough because they don't make them anymore, and get out the old videotape, which, gee, what, what, so what are you talking about? Dude? When can uh, people we're, watch We're going to release it on 8-millimeter film that you have to nice. get a little projector yes. and uh, oh, <laughs> watch can, on can your that, wall. Will you, you also go. have, like, the three-minute cassette that you, like, you know, slap in the back and, like, hand crank? Just that like, sounds just, great. <laughs> yeah, Those yeah, are yeah. fantastic. Um, yeah. we, we've been in... Well, we just finished wrapping up some production. We thought we were in post-production last year, but we realized that there were a couple of things that we really wanted to get. We wanted to return to Star Trek Vegas uh, and get a couple of additional interviews there. We also, I think Matt alluded to the fact that we went down and interviewed uh, Dr. Jill Tarter at the SETI Institute in Northern California, uh, at the Allen Telescope Array specifically. Uh, we did some astrophotography out there and met some really great interns. And so... We're now in post-production. We don't plan on shooting anything else unless unless someone out there can make our unicorn dream wish happen. Yeah, we're trying to get Patrick Stewart. That's the uh, yeah. the vibe universe now. So if you know someone who knows someone who can make it happen, please help us out. Paging yeah. Lieutenant J. No. Yeah, there you go. Right. Um, but yeah, so we're, we're in post-production. I just have to cut this thing now. So, and I mean, to be honest, it's a bit of a daunting task. I mean, you have eight years worth of content. It's like over a hundred <laughs> interviews. I think we've done. Uh, it's a lot. But yeah. the nice thing about it is we have so many stories uh, if, ranging from people from in the space program to people who work in the community around the space program to to fans, to actors and creatives that there's so much digital content that we can produce outside of this that, um, that we feel that even if we might be missing something in terms of we wanted to share a story in this and it doesn't make the cut, we can make so much more outside of that after the fact. So, um, so as we're going through it, we're also thinking of what else can we use this for? So, yeah, we'll right. keep everyone posted. Yeah, I mean, right now we're, we're going to do the typical, hopefully, festival circuit, and then we'll see if we can pick up distribution. It's been all independently financed by our credit cards and an Indiegogo campaign or two and yeah. have a, a very generous private donor. But um, but for the most part, yeah, we, we just want to see that distribution take off and, and, and see what we can do. All right. No, I know I said earlier it was uh, chasingatlantis.com, um, uh, Facebook, Twitter, where else? In, in uh, Instagram as well. 
We're yeah, we've got a we've got a YouTube channel up that is some of the clips and uh, including the one that you guys shared uh, yeah. recently is too. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. So chasingalantis.com guys, uh, thank you so much. Hope to come back and visit us again and let us know how things are going with the movie. Thanks. Uh, yeah, thanks with so much for that us. said, Mission Log Live is produced by Roddenberry Entertainment, executive producer Rod Roddenberry. Technical production on Mission Log Live is by Earl Green. Be sure to visit podcast.roddenberry.com for the latest from the Roddenberry Podcast Network. Mission Log, Mission Log Live, Women at Work, Priority One, The Trek Files, Your Daily Star Trek News, and Shabam. Shabam. If you would like to support Mission Log directly, give us a look at patreon.com slash mission log. Thanks to everyone who joined us live or later. We will see you again next week. Podcast.roddenberry.com. The Roddenberry Podcast Network.